It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Yes. Welcome in. Welcome into the Big Nasty Show here. It's on Monday. It's Monday of Derby Week, which is bigger and better than any other Monday. Do you know why it's bigger and better, DJ Yates? Why is that? Because after this Monday, there's some big horse racing on Friday and Saturday. So we're going to talk a lot about that later on today. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good day to be alive. Uh, how was your weekend, buddy? Good. Pretty uneventful. Pretty uneventful? Yeah. Uneventful. When you get to be my age, uneventful is good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it's been a long time since I've had an uneventful weekend. I was out at uh, opening night, opening night at Churchill Downs. And I'll tell you what, they do it up right, an opening night at Churchill Downs anymore. They've got uh, some major, major sponsors taking care of things for them out there. They had a big opening night uh, mural in uh, neon lights on the side. They were actually lighting up the Twin Towers the Twin Spires, pardon me, with red and blue to represent UK and U of L colors. Back and forth, back and forth there. Um, we, uh, it's it was just it was a real nice night out there. Joel Rosario was hot as always. I was hanging out with him and his connections. Um, I wanted to wanted to start the show off before we run down what we're going to talk about. There is some breaking news. Have you heard anything about this discussion about major league players, both baseball, basketball, football? In terms of whether they should disclose being homosexual or not, have you heard any uh, any of this conversation? Yeah. Well, there's breaking news. Um, mm-hmm. Jason yeah. Collins from the Celtics. Uh, he has been the he's the first to come out and say, "Here I am, here I am, baby," <laughs> if you would. So, uh, what's your thoughts on this? If you're a, if you're a let's say you're a linebacker on a football team and your running back comes up to you and says. Um, Buddy, I, I want to let you know something. I've got a secret for you. <laughs> uh, it's not really a secret anymore, but I uh, I don't do the same things in the bedroom as you do. Uh, what do you feel? About, how do you feel about this? Good for him. Good for him. So so you're you're you're. Do you have one of those equal bars on your Facebook? Uh, <laughs> I don't, but I don't. You don't. I, I don't have any problem with anybody who is. I don't either. I don't either. I I think it's it's all about what you do on the field, not the, not behind scenes and behind the behind closed doors. So. Um, we got a nice show today for you. I've got uh, Garrett Wall, the, the sports information director from the UofL Cardinal Baseball, is going to be calling in here in just a sec. We're going to talk to him about the season, how it's going, and how what's coming up for them. And then in the second hour, I'm going to be talking horse racing because it's you know it's the time of year and we are close by. And I've got uh, Caleb Keller from TVG and uh, Hollywood Mike Willis might call in a little later as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. NBA, NBA is in full swing. The playoffs are in full swing. There's uh, two teams. Uh, one team has already punched their ticket to the next round, which we'll talk about. Um, we've got a lot of somebody got married this weekend. Somebody important got married in NBA terms. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, there's the N- the NFL draft is officially finished, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they were, it, so it is over. They, 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 how many rounds did it go? Does it go seven rounds? Seven rounds. Seven rounds. So, and uh, your was did your 
your father and you guys sit around and talk about any of the Cowboys? Were they, was he upset about the fact they drafted a center with their first overall pick? I don't. He, I don't think he really pays that much attention yeah. to the draft. He's just so. a fan. He's yeah. just a good, good fan. I mean, did you hear about all that? They were running on and on about that, about them picking a center for their first pick. It's like really. It's. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that they picked a center for their first pick. I think it's the center that they did pick. Oh, okay. So I, I, I think that. he was. I, I was watching NFL Network for the first round and. Mike Mayock on the NFL Network. Um, he's kind of their their Mel Kiper. He's there, yeah. He's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he said he had that guy rated as a third round prospect at best, and they, and they took him in the first round at, so. at best. So they th- they felt he could have got another a, a better guy at that spot. But maybe there's something that they saw when they were scouting him during the games. And, and uh, where did you where, where did he come from? That's the, Florida. Uh, wrong I, about that? I can't remember. I can't either. I had that, but I forgot to say that. I've got a couple interesting thoughts to talk about a little bit later today. We've got, of course, like I said, the NBA is in full swing. We uh, There was a golf tournament this week, one of the lesser ones, but it was a golf tournament nonetheless. Someone got off the snide with that. We're going to talk about it. There was some NASCAR under the lights. Uh, Matt Kenseth, uh, Kevin Harvick uh, did well in that one. We'll talk more about that. I've got a couple moments with God. Unfortunately, a few, uh, few riding dirties. Um, We've got a moment, a few, uh, there's some security issues we've got to talk about, some national news, some world news. I've got a little, uh, some baseball, some Major League Baseball's into their fourth week officially, uh, fourth week officially, and we've got um, we've got some some other things. we got all sorts of, of course we're going to talk about Derby in the second hour. I've got a, I've got a TVG from uh, Caleb's. Caleb Keller from TVG is going to call in and talk to me a little bit then. Um, yesterday afternoon, I, I had an opportunity, uh, as I've had a couple of times this year with a busy schedule, to go out to uh, Jim Patterson Stadium to watch the Cardinals play. The Cardinal, the number 11 ranked, unless they increase, which we'll find out in a minute. I got a, a interesting, interested party in the Louisville Cardinals on the line. I got the SID from Louisville Baseball, Garrett Wall. You, you on there, Garrett? I'm here. How's it going? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's another Monday afternoon, so all is well. All, all is well. Again, this is the this is the sports information director for Louisville Cardinal Baseball, Garrett Wall. I got on the line here for you on fourteen fifty. Um, which just to call, I was out there the other day. I had to leave a little early. Um, what, what, what did we end up with? There was it was twelve to eight, I believe, when I when I did uh, finally leave in the bottom of the seventh. I took off. Um, yeah, I think it was twelve. Five when you left, you ended up thirteen seven. Thir- we won thirteen seven. Thirteen seven. So this was this was an interesting yep. this was an interesting series. We we swept uh, Georgetown this series, huh? Yeah, you know, uh, got got the offense going yesterday. Struggled a little bit with the bats the first couple days, but found a way to win with with good pitching and good defense. And then yesterday, the bats got going and had nineteen hits and scored thirteen runs. And the, the, it was a, it was a good day, a good sweep. Um, coming off of a three game losing streak, the the team needed to kind of turn it around. And I know there was a lot of excitement just knowing that they got a little momentum back. There's only three weeks left in the regular season, so it's time to to get things going and, and play a better brand of baseball and make a run for the postseason. Trying to get that momentum going a little bit. Yeah, they they lost uh, four to three against St. John's and then uh, six to five, which was the close one. Uh, at St. John's, and then yeah. and then uh, at Vanderbilt, they lost ten to two. Of course, you know Vanderbilt's the number three team in the country, so uh, there's no. If you're going to lose, yeah, it's the, the road trip. Yeah, yeah, the road trip to St. John's team just didn't play very well. It was a disappointing uh, the, the trip to say the least. Uh, struggled on Friday night, got a win, didn't play well, but found a way to win in the ninth inning, and and then on Saturday and Sunday lost a couple of one run games and, and had some some base running mistakes and left some guys on base and. 
committed some errors and just not the clean brand of baseball that, that Dan McDonald uh, preaches and teaches and what we have have gotten used to seeing over the seven years that he's been here. So it was not your typical Louisville team, and it was a disappointing performance. And then, as you said, came home against a really, really good Vanderbilt team. And um, the score was a little misleading. Played, I mean, it was a 2-1 game midway through. Um, and uh, and those guys, they, they had a big home run. I think in the sixth inning, it kind of regained the momentum, and, and then it kind of got away from us a little bit. But Vanderbilt's up to it. They're up to number one in at least one poll this week. So um, you, there's a lot of teams that have struggled with them, and it kind of I think it gives our guys an idea of okay, this is where we want to be. We're not that far off, even though it was ten to two. Um, they played really well, and uh, we didn't, and so we we kind of think we have a much better idea of the progress we need to make over the next three weeks of the regular season, uh, the week in, in Florida for the Big East tournament, and then obviously the move into the, the NCAA regionals and, and where this team wants to go because this was a preseason top five team. So yes, uh, the, that's... the talent's there. Yeah, well, and you said you had mentioned that there was some some base running issues, and and we we got to see that firsthand yesterday. And the, the what was it? The first seconding was the seconding that that took place. The three. Uh... It was the first. It was the first tell, inning where me, we, we tell had us a couple a base running. Yeah, tell yeah. them a little bit about how that went down because that was I haven't seen that, but maybe one or two times in in the existence of baseball in my in my experience. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was a little confusing. Our uh, lead guy got on base. I think he walked and. Um, our two-hole hitter singled behind him to right field, and the right fielder um, bobbled the ball, and, and um, our leadoff guy thought that he could go to third. Well, the, the guy recovered and, and got the ball in. Well, he got picked off uh, trying to go to third, and then the next guy uh, hit a hot shot after the second baseman. We ended up moving the runners up. But anyway, he hit a hot shot after the second baseman with the runner at third, and, and our runner thought that the ball had gotten through the infield, when it didn't, and so he gets in a rundown and gets thrown out. And well, our base runner who was behind him uh, saw him getting the rundown and was trying to take an extra base because he thought that the rundown was going to continue and he was going to at least get to, which is what you teach the, the trailing base runner, go as far as you can because the guy in front of you will stay in the rundown until until you advance as far as you can. Well, the rundown ended before he could get there, and then he gets thrown out. And they, so yeah. somehow, then, you, somehow you turn a good inning into – a couple of base running mistakes and, and a zero. So. And then you had to you had to dictate that or notate that with your statistics. And, and do you remember what it was? Was it? It was like I don't even remember. It. I don't remember what it was. It was I, like I it was like nine five four three one two. You know, it was crazy. But yeah, that's uh, it there was, was uh, yeah, it was very confusing. And then we saw a coach get a, get a little fired up there towards the end. He I think he had pretty much seen enough of it after a while and was like, okay, look, we, we got to because uh, there was a little hustle issue over to first base on the relay. On that, uh... Yeah, we we had a couple of uh, you know as, as a part of that process when you're when you're not playing well or you're struggling in certain areas it's it's going to come out and we had a freshman on the mound who didn't cover first and had walked a couple guys and just didn't play as sharp and again kind of when you get one of those little slumps you just you're not doing the things that you're taught to do and coached to do and what you practice every day and um, and it happens and so he you know took the brunt of it as he was being removed but. Um, he's a good kid and a good player, and he's going to be important to us as we move forward. And um, what's good is beyond all of that, we got the sweep and we had a three and one week. And you know, as a team, we're thirty three and ten. We're still ranked in the. I think we're back in the top ten this week, more than likely. And so there's still everything out there in front of us is there. We've got a big home game tomorrow night against Western Kentucky at six o'clock, and it's free admission. And, yeah, that's at Jim Patterson. Um, there's out. still a, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of excitement. So it should. 
hopefully we can keep keep playing well based on this weekend and kind of take, as you said earlier, that momentum and move forward and and finish with um, with a bang here down the stretch. And I, I tell you, and for those of you who don't know, I'm talking to Garrett Wall, is the SID at uh, Cardinal Baseball. Uh, if you've never been to a game out of this, this stadium, this is Jim Patterson Stadium. It's right off of Central Avenue, right out by Churchill Downs. And I'm telling you what, this is like a big league ballpark for the college level. And uh, it's it's a classy, classy setup all the way around. It's free, in case you didn't hear what Garrett was saying just now. It's a free admission. And it's a great way to take an afternoon or an early evening on with the family, the kids. It's it's a great environment. So if you're not doing anything, again, he said uh, WKU, uh, Western Kentucky, is is Tuesday night at 6. And then uh, you guys go on a little bit of a, a road trip then, I believe, right? Yeah, we go uh, after Tuesday's game. We, we go to Villanova for a weekend series. Um, this, this on, for Derby weekend, we'll, as everybody's coming to town for the – Oaks and Derby, we will leave town and get get away from here and go play some baseball up in Philadelphia. And then um, next week, we will play on the road at Eastern Kentucky on Tuesday night before playing Indiana um, at home next Wednesday, which will be um, Cancer Awareness Night at the ballpark. And it's always a fun fun night at the ballpark. Indiana is a very good team, a top 25 team. We played them a couple times this year. And so that'll be another big game that we hope to have big crowds for these next two midweek games, Western tomorrow and, and IU next week, are are both big games again, free admission. And both at six o'clock. Um, and as you said, we have, yeah, we you know they're both at six o'clock, and, and we are blessed and very fortunate to have one of the nicest ballparks in the country. We just expanded it in the off season, got three thousand chairback seats. We have the berm out in left field, playground out in left center field, um, inexpensive co- uh, concession prices. It's um, it is a fan-friendly, um, kid-friendly, exciting ballpark and, and a pretty exciting brand of baseball with a with a top ten team. So we hope to have a big crowd. It's it's going to be eighty-one degrees tomorrow during the day. I know, clear I and beautiful, and it's it's an ideal day for baseball. So if you've got some kids and you want to head to the ballpark and and uh, and watch some baseball and let them run around, it is it is a great night and a great. Um, a great team to watch do it. Uh, or if you're, or if you're like me and just appreciate baseball, and you're you're a single single man, you can, you can go out there and enjoy a day too. Because it's, I tell you what, it, it, like you said, it's not for lack of talent that there was a couple of uh, stumbles along the way the last couple of weeks. Because it's a very talented ball squad. There's no question about that. Uh, the, the, yeah, um, it is. You it have, is. I and mean, there's a lot of guys that will get drafted off this team. There's a, a, you a think ton both? of draft eligible juniors, and, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of guys that leave this team that will go play professional baseball. So the talent's there. Um, with every team, you're going to have bumps in the road in every sport. I mean, our Brins basketball team had to have they had a little losing streak where they lost three games at, at one point. And everybody saw the five overtime game at Notre Dame where, you know, you're thinking, wow, we just can't pull this game out. Of course, they didn't lose again. So um, the good teams will rise above those things and they learn from those bumps sure. in the road and, and it, those things will make them better. And I know that's what Coach McDonald and his staff are, are expecting to see from this team that they will learn from these, these bumps and, um, it will make them better in the postseason. Yeah. So, uh, give me a give me a little uh, give me a little uh, rundown on on how you got to this point with with Louisville. Did are you from this area originally, Garrett, or, or are you uh, an import like myself? I am from a small town in Tennessee. It, uh, I grew up in a small town called Dover, Tennessee. It's it's about three and a half hours southwest of, of Louisville, and um, I went to college at Murray State, and I'm a proud racer. Um, is it, and, and it's, uh, the Mur- to, it's again the Murray State Racers, correct? That is that's correct. A, they're okay. the racers in everything except for baseball. They're actually the thoroughbreds in baseball. Oh, uh, that's interesting. 
interesting. Yeah, that was their nickname before, but yeah, they're the racers and everything else. And most people are familiar with Murray because of basketball and the, they've had some, some good teams over the years. And this year, uh, I know they didn't make the NCAAs this year, but they were in Louisville last year at the NCAA tournament, beat Colorado State in the first round and or the second round, whatever it was. And so, yeah, I, I went to school there and worked there full time. And then I moved here in, in 2004. Um, to, to do what I am doing now, and I've been working with the baseball team since 2009. I tell you, so, I, you, you found yourself a good spot, from what I can tell. It, it's the Louisville Cardinal uh, Athletic Department from from top to bottom. I mean, I've pretty much met everybody within the the, the department, and and it's a class all the way from top to bottom, all the way from top it's, to bottom. It's a great, yeah, it is. It is a great place to to live. This is a great town. It's a great sports town, and. Um, the city loves the University of Louisville, and, and obviously the athletic department, the administration here, know what they're doing. It's, it's no accident that, that this school and, and this department's had the success it's had across the board. It, it starts at the top with, with Tom Jurich and Dr. Ramsey and, and the way that they lead and the people they hire, and they know what they're doing. And Absolutely, um, and Kenny Klein's no slouch either. And, yes, he does. Kenny is a terrific guy to work for. Yeah. He obviously... Uh, working with Coach Patino, and he, he worked with Coach Crown before him, and he knows his way around, and he's one of the most respected guys in in our business. And um, and it's a fun place to work, and um, it helps that you you work around good people that know how to do their jobs well, and and it makes it fun when you're winning games. And then, are you uh, Gary? You a family man? You got any children? Or I am. I yeah, I do. Uh, my wife and I uh, we have two kids. Uh, we have a little girl that's two and a half, and a son who's. Uh, just just a little more than four months old, and um, we are uh, very wow. happy. She went to my wife Mickey went to school at, at U of L, and she's a proud Cardinal. And uh, we we are are very happy to to be a part of this place. That's and for sure. There you go. That's and you guys you guys live here in Louisville now. I, I, a local yeah. close. Yeah, yeah. You live far from Jim Patterson, or you live? Uh, in, uh, no, we live uh, out near Fern Creek, out in that area. I got so. you. Not far from where where I. Uh, where my humble abode is. So, okay. So let's yeah. look at this. Uh, we've got, like you said, we have WKU coming in on Tuesday, and then you have Indiana after the Villanova Road Series. You've got UConn, and then at Ohio State, and then there's the yep. three game home stretch is the last of the home stretch, right? That's yep. Pittsburgh. Yep, Pittsburgh. Yeah, we got Pittsburgh the last weekend of the regular season, which I believe is May. 16th through the 18th, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it's 16th, 17th, and 18th. The 16th is a 6 o'clock game. Same thing on that Friday. The 17th is 6 o'clock, and then uh, the 18th is a noon game uh, as it's scheduled now. Yeah. So. And yeah. then the following yeah, – uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, the, I was just saying those are the yeah. three games, and then after that you have uh, you have a little, little small break there from the 19th through the 21st, and then the 22nd starts the Big East Championship. And I wanted to ask. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's down in Clearwater, Florida. I wanted to ask you a little bit about how that how that postseason goes for college baseball for those that don't quite understand how it works. Um, is it similar as the, to the college basketball in terms of brackets, or how's that how's that shake down? It it is. It's similar in that it sixty four teams make it. Obviously, with basketball, they've increased that to sixty eight. But you have sixty four teams, and and um, the opening weekend there are. 16 regional host sites um, for fans who have been around here a while or following our program. We, we've hosted a pair of regionals. We hosted in 09, we hosted in 2010 and each of those 16 opening round regionals will have four teams. You have um, the host school and then three other schools that are brought in and, and basically they play a four team double elimination tournament with 
um, each of those 16 regional winners advancing to the second weekend, which are the super regionals. And then they're paired up and they, those 16 teams play, um, um, eight super regionals and they're just best two out of three series, just like you would have in the regular season. And then you have eight super regional winners. And then those eight, eight teams go to Omaha for the Collins world series. And again, that fans who have been here, they were here for 07 when the team went to, went to Missouri and won a regional came home and, and got Oklahoma state in a super regional here in Louisville and, and won that series in, in two games and then went to Omaha and, uh, for those that went to Omaha, and I had the chance to go to Omaha, even though I wasn't the baseball SID at the time, it was a pretty thrilling experience. And there's nothing quite like going to Omaha for the World Series. I mean, Final Four is wonderful. All these events are exciting, but it has its own special kind of buzz to it, which is which is pretty neat. And I know that um, Dan McDonald is his goal is to get this program back to there, and, and uh, they're building a team. Hopefully, they can do that and compete for that this year. And and on that note, what what kind of seed in uh, reality on all reality? What kind of seed do you think that you could potentially get in the in the tournament when the season's over? You know, right now, I think realistically, the goal is to host the regional. Um, I'm not sure there's still work to be done. I'm not saying this team can't earn one of those top eight seeds and and, and be at home and see the whole um, through the first two weekends. But I think the team and the, the venue and the facility that we have and, and kind of where we're at. We can definitely host that opening weekend, host a regional. That's the goal uh, with the newly expanded stadium. Uh, and then once you get into the postseason, anything can happen. We absolutely we ran into Arizona last year. Arizona was not a national seed. Uh, we ran into them. They beat us. They won the regional. North Carolina was a national seed. They got upset. And so Arizona hosted the, the second weekend at home, and they ended up not losing the game in the postseason and won the national championship. So if you can host that first weekend, you've got a chance to absolutely to go deep. Again, I'm talking with Garrett Wall, the SID for Louisville Cardinal Baseball. Um, so, and the tournament, for the the Big East tournament starts the 22nd of May, and then the yeah. NCAA regional. There's four days off, four days break after that Big East uh, championship, right? Yeah, is that how it works? The 27th. Yeah, the, the Big East tournament ends. Yeah, the Big East tournament ends on Sunday, and then the the tournament selection, the the field of 64, is announced on the following Monday, which is Memorial Day. And then the the regionals begin on that Friday. So. Well, and, and and Chad Green and Jeff Thompson are both pitching real well still. So uh, you know that's going to be a that's going to be a huge huge factor to have those two guys healthy going into the postseason, as, as far as I can tell. Yeah, we we would like to think that we have one of the better one two punches in the country with with Chad and Jeff going on Fridays and Saturdays, and those two guys have been really good this year. They've got thirteen wins between them. Both have ERAs right around two and have both pitched really, really well. They're both juniors. They've been around. They've been in regionals, and and so and they've started regional games. And so the experience of those two, the talent, they're both going to get drafted. I mean, we we feel good about our one-two punch. You got a deep bullpen, and oh um, yeah, the, 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 typically that, in baseball. I mean, and, if, you, if you're a baseball fan, you know you're going to go as far as your pitching will take you. And you have a good closer so we, too. We feel we. What's that? And you have a good closer too. Yeah, and we've got one of the best closers in the country, Nick Birdie, who can run it up there at 100 miles an hour and has a pretty filthy slider and, and is a talented guy as well just as a sophomore. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say. you got good He's starting young. pitching and a, and a good bullpen, you can – you can do some things in the postseason. Okay, Garrett. Well, listen, I got to take a break here. I wanted, to, I wanted to thanks again for taking a minute of your day to call in and give me some information. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, what's the main thing that they have to improve on to, to be successful in the postseason? 
You know, I think I think just decision making and base running. They're struggling as we talked about in the base running area. Mm-hmm. I think they just need to clean things up. They're, they're just a little off, a tick here, a tick there, a little bit better defensively. And there's not one glaring problem. I mean, you're 33 and 10. You don't have one major issue. I just think they have to play a little bit cleaner and continue to get good starts from the on the mound. And um, I think this team can go a long way. Um, in the postseason, uh, and it's exciting. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, that's exactly what happens. And then I can say I had sort of a small part of that because I, you know, I've been out to a couple of games. I wish I could get out more, but uh, it's a, a as as you know, it's a busy busy world we live in. So, um, yeah, life is busy. Isn't it? <laughs> it's life, it is life busy. So we'll let you. I'll let you get back to your day. I know you got practice and all the all the SID stuff to take care of today to get ready for uh, your Tuesday game. You got going on at uh, WKU's coming into town, uh, Western. Uh, and uh, thanks again for calling in, and thanks again for uh, taking care of us when we come out there to uh, watch the games, buddy. No problem, man. Good having you, and we hope to see everybody at the ballpark tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. That's good. All right, Garrett. Have, have a good afternoon, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, thanks. All right, thank you, buddy. Uh, we're going to get off to a break here on 1450 and 1450 The Sports Buzz. This is The Big Nasty Show. Monday afternoon, and nobody likes Monday afternoon. Do you like Monday afternoon, DJ Yates? Are you a fan of Monday afternoons? Eh. <laughs> DJ, how I feel about Monday DJ, DJ Yates is in a rainy, dreary kind of state of mind, it seems. But uh, he's on the he's on the uh, request lines, and I, I'm not sure whether they're open or not, but you can try, I guess is where we're, we're going to leave that. Sure, why not? <laughs> We've got, if you want to call in here anytime on this show or any other show, you just call the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. It's 502-384-1450, and call in here and chit-chat with us. Uh, we, we, can, we can give you information or good humor, at least something we can give to you. So uh, have you seen the weather for this week, DJ? Uh, it's supposed to be nice until the weekend. Uh, it's it, exactly. It's supposed to be kind of weird tonight. It's supposed to be uh, uh, this evening. It's going to get down to about low sixties, you know, fifties and somewhere in that ballpark. But the rest of the week on Monday, it's supposed to be seventy-four degrees. Tuesday and Wednesday are supposed to be sunny and in the eighties. That's right. I said it. Eighty-two and eighty-four. It's time to break out those shorts and those tight. You like to wear the, you like to wear the muscle shirts, right? With the, the cutout sleeves and cut, not, not and unless I'm playing. Basketball or volleyball oh, okay. or something. Like I may that. have been misled by some of the photographs that I when I was Facebook stalking. I came across. Uh, if we could get you in one of those, I'd be surprised if you saw any of those on Facebook. <laughs> It'd be very surprising, I suspect. But uh, yeah, I, I have a funny feeling that uh, the DJ Yates breaks out the the what they what they call those wife beaters. I believe is what those are. Are they not? Uh, I, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> no, no, you're very stylish. You're a very stylish individual. I, I, I uh, shouldn't take stabs at your fashion sense. Uh, although your your office attire here, your your wardrobe for work is 
Very similar from day to day. Pretty standard. Pretty standard issue. As you can see, you know, I, I come in just about whatever, flip-flops or sandals. Uh, Bacon was just in the booth. He is a extraordinary uh, guru in the fashion sense. <laughs> yeah, fine looking down. Sure, but uh, I wanted to I wanted to let everybody know that the reason we can do this is because of our sponsors. And one of our sponsors is Saints on on uh, Breckenridge Lane. It's one thirty one Breckenridge Lane. Saints Pizza and Pub. You can find them at eight nine one eight 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 three. They've got a banquet room upstairs or a VIP room, if you would. They got a new room, new menu, relatively new menu that's fantastic. Uh, a lot of di- different big screens for your games and such. It's a really nice place. It's right there in the heart of St. Matthew. Stop in and see Saints and tell them the big nasty show sent you. Um, anyway, that's the the uh, weather. But the bad part about this weather discussion is that it is supposed to be potentially rainy uh, both for Oaks and Derby. Both for Oaks and Derby. And I want to remind everybody that you basically can't bring anything into Oaks and Derby. You have to either have it where you can put it in your pockets or you're going to have to purchase it there. I just wanted to keep everybody informed on that in case you're going out there. Women especially. You can't take your big old happy purses. It's not going to happen. You can't take coolers. You can't take bottles or cans. you got to purchase everything inside. This is how Kentucky – this is how the Kentucky Derby – they're going to make a gazillion dollars. But we're going to talk – we're going to talk a lot about horse racing in the second hour. we got a special guest calling in. But uh, we, we do have um, – you know, the weather's supposed to be a little bit weird for a derby, so you have to be careful with that. If you're heading out to Derby, so uh, we uh, I wanted to talk real quick here about this, and then we're going to take another quick break because we went a little long in the first segment. We, uh, um, if you're talking about the NBA playoffs, besides the admittance of Jason Collins coming out of the closet saying that he in fact is on that other team, uh, there's also another big story that involves romance. Do you know what this is? It's it's Michael a, Jordan. That's right. I can't fool. I cannot fool DJ Yates. He's too on. He's on, he's in the cut. Um, Michael Jordan, after dating this girl for four, let, let me how many years? How many years did she? Uh, she's a thirty-five year old woman too, which is nice. When you're fifty, when you're fifty years old, do you are you hoping for a thirty-five year old woman in your world? No, when, I, when I'm 50, I'd still like to be married to the current Mrs. Yates. Oh, of course, of course. I, you know what? You you would make a good politician, DJ Yates. You would make a good politician, and also, and obviously a good husband. So, uh, Mrs. Yates, you are a lucky you're a lucky woman. From what I can see and what I hear, you're a very lucky woman. So, but anyway, Michael J- uh, Jordan decided to get he got married in, in Palm Beach, Florida, which is beautiful. Have you ever been to been to Florida? I You've, have been to Florida. You have been? Yes. What's, uh, have you been to that, that area of Florida, West Palm Beach, Palm Beach Garden? I have not been to that area. I tell you what, man, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Uh, anyway, he he had the wedding right, like you could sneak out of the back of his mansion area and sort of sneak back to where the wedding was held. It wasn't very far, and they had the whole thing kind of fenced off because so, he wanted to keep it. You know, you got it when you're in a position of celebrity like that. You've got to keep everything roped off. So. Um, he, uh, let's see here. He, he was so her. Her name is Yvette Prieto. Prieto was her name, and they've been dating for five years. And he finally popped the question, which is kind of funny to me because do you remember when he was trying to tell Tiger Woods he was schooling Tiger Woods when Tiger was was surging and becoming popular? He said, "Tiger, you you probably should never get married. You're you're too you're too rich. You've got too much celebrity. What good's it going to do?" And uh, and he he abided by his own rules for a long time, just to now get married after he's fifty. It's like he he was previously married. He was, but then he was they were divorced and split for several years. But he was was he married when he was telling Tiger that 
I can't remember whether that was part of the discussion. I'm not sure when that was. But so. do you remember him advising Tiger? There was rumors of him advising Tiger against the marriage thing, and, and uh, you don't do it unless you have. I'm just curious what kind of prenup is involved in this. You know, Jordan's worth a little bit of coin. A little bit. I mean, he's got some money. He doesn't got the kind of money that you and I roll around with, but he's got some coin. He, he borrowed money from me one time. <laughs> I bet he did. I see, I see that whip that you're rolling around in there. You're trying to show off every time. Every time I pull up the 1450 lane here, I roll up and there's David's whip. It's like, man, this kid, this kid's trying to show me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that again? That's a festive, right? A fiesta. 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 That's right. That's. You know what? We we need to take a picture of that logo and push that put that with you on Facebook because DJ Yates is always a party. <laughs> so anyway, I got to go on another break here real quick uh, on 1450 The Sport. This is the Big Nasty Show. That's one of those all-American rejects, maybe? Something like that? Simple plan. Simple plan. That's a, They were before the all-American rejects, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah they came out. So. Is that uh, that sounded like a sound like an angry song there. No, something about something about locking himself in his room with the with the music played loud. Yeah, I mean it might be. Do you need to angry. talk, David? Do you need no. to talk today? This is this is actually just a leftover song from <laughs> Songs I picked for shows last week. Oh, okay. Still so in the queue here. I get to, nice. I get the. It's nice to know that I get the leftovers from the afternoon drives and all, all their theatrics. Yeah, this, so. this could have been a song leftover from last week from it, your show. It could have been. That's that's true. I guess it could have been. So, uh, but you won't see me requesting one on the request line for simple plan. But uh, if you want to, if you want to call in here at any point, you can call in uh, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. It's 502-384-1450. and we could talk about music, leftover music, and simple plans, and all that stuff. Um, this show has been brought to you by uh, Oxmoor Country Club out in St. Matthews. It's at nine thousand Limehouse Lane. Uh, the phone number there is four nine one seven eight seven seven four nine one seven eight seven seven. Oxmoor Country Club has an eighteen horse championship golf course. They've got a, a beautiful swimming pool, championship size swimming pool. They've got a nice uh, facility upstairs for your weddings and all your wedding needs where they'll do everything for you. All you have to do is give them a call. Uh, you bring the guest list and they'll take care of all the rest. Uh, Oxmoor Country Club and Banquet Facility. Um, we did talk a little bit about the the draft just briefly. We wanted I wanted to touch base with my Pittsburgh Steelers and talk about a little bit of what they did. Uh, their first pick in the overall draft was Jarvis Jones, the outside linebacker for Georgia, which they were touting in the gra- the grades, uh, the graduates, uh, the professionals were saying that wasn't a good pick. But I actually like this. I think he's the kind of linebacker that'll fit into the the Pittsburgh Steelers scheme. 
Um, they also got LeVon Bell, the running back out of Michigan State, which is interesting because they, you know, they've been doing running back by committee there for the last couple of years, and, and they made they, they need to bring in somebody that can sit in that position and sort of take it over. Richard Mendenhall has proven that he can't keep he can't stay healthy, and uh, the rest of them had just you know, like I said, it's running back by committee. They got a couple wide receivers at Pittsburgh. They got uh, Marcus Wheaton, the uh, the big. Uh, the the big wide receiver from Oregon State he's he's going to be successful in that setup we uh, we got rid of um, Mike Wallace this year so that's going to be interesting to see how he he fits in we also got Justin Brown from Oklahoma so we'll we'll see they got two new young uh, fast wide receivers which could be interesting if Ben can uh, establish a rapport with them uh, we can hopefully. Uh, Move forward with that; it'd be a great thing for them. They also solidified the defense a bit. They got a cornerback in Terry Hawthorne from Illinois, and they got uh, they backed up Ben with a quarterback and Landry Jones from Oklahoma. So, um, Vince Williams from uh, got a linebacker from Florida, and then they got a defensive tackle uh, in the draft. So, I'm pretty pretty happy with the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Steelers draft. They're going to have to do something because that division is is moving forward fast. With the Ravens and uh, the Bengals doing big things in the offseason and also in the draft, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake down in that. Uh, it won't be long. We'll be talking about the two-a-days. You, 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 you a big uh, football guy? Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be uh, – have you ever run up to Paul Brown to see a football game? I have not. I was fortunate enough a couple years ago to go up and see Pittsburgh play Cincinnati – uh, and the guy that, that invited me to go had fourth row seats, and we were literally on the fifty yard line in the fourth row. It was incredible. But it's, I don't know if you if you've ever noticed when you're down that low, the game actually goes really fast, and it's kind of tough to keep track of. And in that in that stadium and that that format uh, with Cincinnati and Pitts, with Pittsburgh in town, it's about a fifty fifty crowd up there because Pittsburgh travels real well. So you couldn't really determine the crowd's reaction, what was going down in the play, and everything was going on so fast. I mean, there were great seats, but it was it was a little tough to keep track of the game. Plus, you know, I'm getting a little older, so my eyes aren't working quite like they used to. So, but I wanted to discuss a few uh, of the picks of note uh, in the draft. The Honey Badger from LSU went to Arizona. Which is going to be a good thing for them. He uh, he's got a lot of off field issues. He's another one of those that that likes the marijuana and likes to beat up people and maybe maybe carry guns. I don't know. I, <laughs> we'll throw that in there too. But uh, he's a real good football player and he's a real good cornerback. So we'll we'll see. Uh, or say they could, he almost could play safety. It depends on what, what how he fits into the system. Matt Titeo, him and his mysterious girlfriend or his alleged girlfriend are now out in San Diego, sunny San Diego. Where he'll fit in just fine if you um, if you take my meeting, <laughs> you know San Diego's the, the the happy land if you would. So he'll be just fine there because you know some would say that Teo may not have been uh, necessarily a straight man if you would. But we won't, we won't. He's a big man. I don't want to get him upset with me if he's listening. Uh, and then uh, Geno Smith from West Virginia, the Mountaineers quarterback, who sat until a lot later than what he thought he was going to sit. He thought he you know he thought he might be a first round pick. A lot of people did, and they were touting him as a first-round pick. Were you surprised, DJ, at, at his uh, falling down that far in the draft? Um, I don't know, maybe a little, just because leading up to the draft there was a lot of talk. But a lot I mean, of hype coming out of last season, you know, last college season, there wasn't really. I mean, he he was he was a Heisman front runner for a while, and then he kind of dropped off. So, and then Johnny Football took care of business there. Um, yeah, he, he and he's not. 
the the argument for against him would be that he hasn't run a, a pro football type of offense uh, like it is, and it's mostly a, it's it's turned into much more of a passing game in the last decade. You know, it's it's definitely a pass happy NFL. It used to be back like in the seventies when the Steelers were dominant. It used to be a running run first, you know, dominate the line of scrimmage, run, run, run type of format. And it's not like that anymore. It's it's a lot. It's more set up for passing now than it ever has been. The run is just there to sort of soften up the defense and the line, so that they can play action pass. It's a lot. That's a lot more of the strategy nowadays than what it is. So uh, we'll see. Uh, he goes to the Jets. The Jets. You know, I just think there's a lot of turmoil in that organization. In a lot of different ways, they've tried all sorts of different things. Uh, Sanchez is Sanchez going to be the starter this year? Is he gone? Uh, I don't know. I mean, mean do, so and it, I, it, I don't think it really matters. I mean, Rex Ryan's probably on his way out. Sanchez is probably on his way out after this season, if but, not before. So. Well, but they kept Rex, they kept Rex this year. He's 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 definitely you know, and at, which a lot of people didn't think they were going to keep him, and the the GM they were they thought they were they 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 tossed the GM, but they keep Rex. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know if the Jets, I don't know if the Jets have it figured out or know what what's going on. I, I but we'll see. Geno Smith goes to the Jets. They got a lot. They they did well in the rest of the draft. They spent a lot of time uh, solidifying defense in uh, the Jets on the Jets team, and then they they picked up a quarterback. I think Geno Smith is more of a backup for Sanchez. I think they'll go with Sanchez again. I guess they keep on hoping that San, Sanchez just won't screw it up. He'll do just enough to not screw it up, I think, is kind of the game plan. I, I would hate to have that approach to a football game week after week, but it seems to be what's working for the Jets, and it seems to be what they go with. So i got to take another break here at the top of the hour. I'm gonna, i I got a few thoughts before I do that, though. These are kind of funny thoughts. Uh, first of all, do you know that impotence or impotency, which neither one of us have any issues with that. We're both young lads and young Bronken Bucks. Uh, Impotency is considered legal grounds for divorce in 24 American states still. You know what that means? It's not in Kentucky, so even if that was a problem for any of us, we don't have to worry about that. But in other words, if you're not taking care of business, uh, both medically and physically, uh, you can be divorced legally in 24 American states. I think this is hilarious. You need to get this message out to That's your. Unfortunate. <laughs> it is unfortunate. Like I said, of course, you know, uh, you're you're much younger than I am, and 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 I've, you know, neither one of us have anything to worry about. But for those of you that do have this uh, concern, you know, you may want to make sure you're living in a state where uh, you can't be, especially if you're rich. <laughs> That'd be a bummer. What if what if Michael Jordan had to deal with this this disclosure? <laughs> she, uh, I would. I wonder if that would override the prenuptial agreement. <laughs> I, I, I doubt it. He's probably got lawyers good enough to protect. I'm him sure in, he's researched any circumstance. <laughs> You'd, I would say so. So, um, and then uh, then there's this is an interesting one, and you're pretty swift, cat, so you'll probably get this. Um, but for those of you out there, uh, uh, this is a kind of a question, a trivia question here. Um, there is only one continent of the seven continents where there is no reptiles or snakes. Do you know which one that is? I'm gonna go Antarctica. See that? See what I'm saying? I I can't pose these questions to you because you're much swifter than most the average Joe. But uh, yes, exactly. Uh, the, which makes sense because it's freezing cold. I I don't know why anybody would even want to go to Antarctica. I I can't imagine. Say they've been. I guess that's it. Or for work. To, well, you know, they were. You ever see those workers that that work on those? They those have those little huts and they're all covered with snow. And you see a lot of the the alien movies start out with with those scenes. 
you like these alien films where there's like a, a bungalow and it's they're all in their snow and all of a sudden you know there's this mystery mystery force that's killing things and then they find it. Yeah, sure. Do you like those kind of films? Sure. Yeah, I could I can get into them too. So, um, and then I have something in common with Cheryl Crow. This is an interesting thought. Um, Cheryl Crow and I both have two fake front teeth, and we both lost them the same way. She uh, she fell going onto state on on stage when she was younger and crushed the, and broke out the first the first row of teeth, and I did the same thing, but I was I wasn't going on stage. I just fell. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was funny. I was reading that the other day. So Cheryl Crow and I both have fake front teeth. So anyway, that's the that's the kind of that's the kind of limerick we got here today on the uh, the big nasty show. And we're going to take a little quick break here. Come on the other side. We're going to talk to Caleb Keller from TVG about uh, the upcoming week of Derby. It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. It's back to work for the week for most people, but not us. Although this could be considered work at times. Um... We're chatting here on the Big Nasty Show on a Monday afternoon. DJ Yates looking good in the booth as always. I want to let you know that we are we're brought to you by a proud sponsor Nick Stein Law over in New Albany here at nicksteinlaw.com. You can find him at 948-6002-948-6002. This is a uh, accident and injury attorney that him and Amy Wheatley will take things to court if you have to, but usually they can get everything settled out of court, so give them a call, uh, nicksteinlaw.com. So uh, we're going to switch gears up. Um, I don't know if anybody from this area knows that there's a pretty busy weekend going on uh, right up the road from here, uh, and uh, we've got somebody on the line that wants to talk just about just that. Uh, Caleb, are you on the line, buddy? I'm here. Hey, buddy, what's going on? You what, you're saying there's a big race this weekend? Uh, well, that's what I've been told. I, I got to get caught up here a little bit. That's why I've got you on the line because uh, you know I, I, this is a, a Caleb Keller from TVG. Uh, this guy, if he may be the only person that's out there in the paddock that knows more about the horses than what I do, besides the horsemen themselves, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, how's it going today, buddy? It's Monday. You got uh, you're you're enjoying a little t- downtime, aren't you? I am enjoying some downtime. I'm uh, went uh, practical golf this morning. I'm hanging on my buddy's house and uh, just. Getting set. Uh, slowly, I'm doing a little bit of research, more and more each night, crunching some more numbers, and uh, trying to get to our uh, Saturday at about 6 o'clock. I'm feeling pretty good about my pick. Now, we'll get into this whole horse racing thing in just a smidge. I was wondering if uh, you, you said you were practicing your golf game? <laughs> practicing a little bit. Doing wow. a little short game. I'm telling you what. Well, if anything, I actually, I documented which is kind of funny. Uh, I played I played golf with Caleb the other day. Uh, we went out to, where'd we go? Champions Point we were at, right? We played yeah. out Champions Point, and uh, yep. uh, we, uh, we we played a little golf. And this guy's got quite the swing, man. He doesn't have he doesn't have a swing like yours, DJ, or, or mine. But he's he's got quite the golf swing. Uh, 
But the one thing that the one mistake you did make, I had on film. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad we got that one on film, just for the record. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then I, I wanted to talk to you about this golf tournament down in Louisiana. You see, uh, uh, Herschel, Billy Herschel, got to, he shot eight under, shot sixty four to win the final round in the, the Zurich. Yeah, no, I actually got to see uh, the last little bit of that. And, you know, he hit his tee shot on eighteen, and then they had to call for a little bit of a delay, which in a way. I think that that was probably a good thing. I mean, a lot of people think, okay, that gives you a lot of time to think about it. But for him, you know, I'm sure that he knew the distance to hit into the green. I'm sure he really thought it through. And, you know, after coming out of that break, uh, it was good to see him finish up the hole well. And, you know, he's one of those guys that's always been able to make a bunch of birdies. And it's nice to see him finally break through. 20 under. Yeah. 20 under. Well, I tell you, just watching you play the other day, you know, just a tweak here and a tweak there, you could be on that tour. if you're Well, <laughs> yeah, you know what? My plan for golf, since I really do enjoy doing the TVG uh, gig, is to stay amateur and try to play some of the amateur tournaments that yeah, maybe yeah. would uh, be able to qualify me in. But uh, that's a little down the line. But how about, you know what? The one guy from LSU that was playing really well and almost pulled the 10 cup on the last hole. I think he hit it in the water. And then his was his third shot in the green almost holed out for uh, oh, a second. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah so really? That was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a, chance, a whole lot of chance to see it. I did. I did practice a little myself yesterday. I was going to play, and then I decided to to just practice yesterday. Hey, Seuss and I are playing on Tuesday morning. If you don't have anything going on, so um, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's I mean, they're, I know they're running at Churchill on Tuesday. So yeah, you know, when it comes to Churchill, I think I'm just going to uh, take it easy on the first few days. Just wait till Oaks to start uh, firing at him. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I'm going to do for sure. Did you hear the big news out of the Baffert barn today, buddy? I didn't. Well, Baffert's out. Okay, yeah, you know, with his derby runners, it kind of started looking like uh, he started following one by one, especially when War Academy was pulled up in the Arkansas Derby. That was really, in California, that was kind of a buzz, like his best horse was going to be War Academy. I know that, you know, his final work coming in to that Arkansas Derby wasn't as good as they were hoping for, and then obviously didn't go right in the Arkansas. So, but yeah, Super, you know, Super 99 and Code West are both gone. Yeah. He dropped well, and, you, and you've seen, you've seen uh, his filly out there just dominating the boys in the workouts, so I think... After you've seen that a couple times, that's just time to. Are you talking about Beholder? No, uh, I'm talking about uh, Midnight Lucky. The horse comes. Oh, Midnight Lucky. Lucky. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, on a different race. I, okay, I got you. Yeah. I, mis- I misunderstood you there for a sec. But yeah, so uh, just 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 come out of the the backside this morning. They released that uh, Baffert's going to be that both of those horses are out. So I actually talked to him in the paddock uh, for the Derby trial on Saturday night. Which uh, did, were you out of? The, did you go out to Churchill for opening night? I was, yeah, I was out there. Uh, I should, I should have given you, a, I should have shouted and, and came, met up with you somewhere. But I was talking sure. to Baffert for a smidge, and uh, he, at that point, he said he was about seventy percent. They're not going to run thirty percent, mm-hmm. and it all depended on uh, yesterday and today's uh, works. And so apparently, he saw something in those works that didn't work out. So, mm-hmm. so that was that. So, you know, uh, I, I will tell you this: I thought that the Derby trial was a very interesting race. Because we've seen the numbers, I think it was like 0 for 38, Todd Pletcher at Churchill the last three years. And then, I I mean, for 40 tails to click down to the favorite, I mean, it's one thing for that horse to win the race, but to click down to the favorite with Zebros in there and Titletown 5 and all the owners of Titletown being there and you know that they were betting on the horse, I mean, that, that really says something to me for, for Pletcher to take all that late money and then to break off in the field and run 1-2. I think that was... Yeah, yeah and, uh, well, and, different what we've seen. and for those that don't know, the Title Town connections were local because they had uh, Paul Hornig and all that crew. That that yeah. was you know that's the, the, a lot of folks around here don't know there was a huge backing from the local um, local Louisville business and stuff. That but yeah, that's a that's a very good point. They they 
they I didn't think he was going to be a favorite either. I actually singled the horse in my pick four, which I hit both the middle and the late pick fours. I didn't really pay much, but I hit both of them, which was yeah. <laughs> You know what? If you if you if you've been on the Joel Rosario recently, I mean, my gosh, this guy's winning four or five a day. I mean, this is a run for a jockey that I really haven't seen, especially at a circuit like Keeneland or Churchill in, in a long time. Yeah, just to, just to, just to basically you know teabag everybody. It's like this is here I come. I'm I'm going to yep. do exactly what I want. And and you know it's funny because uh, he actually it was a little upsetting that he won the final race that day because he won on the eleven horse. Yep. And that was the cheapest of all the payouts for me personally. Uh, yep. But I don't know if you saw the picture I posted. Him and I were uh, – because I interviewed him last year before he won on Infrentini and broke the track record at seven mm-hmm. furlongs. He broke the track record that day, and I interviewed him before that, and then I got a picture and video with him after it. And we were, like, joking around and, and how it, like we were each other's good luck charm. And I said, hey, let's roll with it. So, uh, But, I mean, how hot, how hot are they? And how hot is he? And how hot is the Ma- Michael Maker barn and, and mm-hmm. the Ramseys for that matter? So. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's setting up uh, with him having him out on orb, and I wasn't out there this morning, but when I got up, I started looking at Twitter, and everybody out there with a stopwatch just could not stop talking about how good orb looks. So I'll be out there Thursday morning to catch a little glance of him on the track. But, I mean, the buzz, well, I mean, I can't say he's a buzz horse. I mean, everybody knows he's one of the top-level talented horses coming in, but apparently orb is really uh, fitting the billing there on the track in the mornings. Yeah, I was actually talking to Suge. I was uh, I was talking to Suge. I got a little I got a little audio file of that here. I'm going to play that for you here in just a second. Um, but yeah, I was out. Um, we he worked out. He's been working out good, pretty solid all the way through. Um, and and I was out there Saturday morning for his most recent. Uh, well, they call it a blowout, or, or he moved him a little good. And I talked to, to uh, Suge. So here's what he had to say. This is the Big Nasty Show here on the backside of Churchill Downs for Yahoo Sports Radio. I'm here with Suge McGahey. How are you doing today, buddy? Everything's good. Everything's um, good. He sends out Orb next week on Saturday in the big race. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the morning workout today. Well, he just got out today. He's going to work, you know, do a little more work on, on uh, Monday. But uh, we're very satisfied. He got here on Monday morning. Uh, he had an off day from shipping on Tuesday. and. So he's got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and I've been very happy with what I've seen. Come back safe and sound, that's the main part, right? So far, he's been safe and sound. That's the main part. The rest of us are everyone. Impressive win last time out in the Derby, Florida Derby. And uh, and you, you left him down in Gulfstream until, until then, and then we shipped him on Monday? Is that... Yeah, we left him at Pace and Park, which is a training center about an hour and a half northwest of uh, Gulfstream, where he spent the winter, where I keep a lot of horses and have for a long time. He... He seemed to really like it there, so after the Florida Derby, I just decided we're well, just going to leave him there until, I mean, if I had my brothers, he'd still be there, but um, uh, because he did so well there. But he's done, he's done very well at, uh, since he's been at Churchill, and, you know, we're glad to hope the next seven days goes well so we'll have the opportunity maybe to see, see what happens on Saturday afternoon. There you go. And pretty much at this point in the game, as long as you want to keep him sound, he's pretty safe and sound. Is the, is the game plan now just to get him out there, right? Yeah, we just we just need, like I say, we just need the opportunity to go over there in the in the right way, and you know, hopefully that our Monday work will go good, and we'll school him in the paddock a couple times, and uh, hopefully that'll go good, and you know, maybe next Saturday afternoon we'll have an opportunity to to uh, make a good showing in the Derby. There you go. Now, when they play my old Kentucky home, are you going to get teary-eyed when you walk over? Well, I hope not, uh, but I might. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, you know, this is a the Derby's a big race. It means a lot to me, and 
you know, I feel very fortunate to have Orb and to have this opportunity. And um, I am from Kentucky, so I know what my old Kentucky home is and what it means. And um, hopefully, maybe the crowd will sound will cover it up a little bit. But uh, if I'm up there, I'll probably I'll probably get a little emotional. How can you not? Well, good luck to you on Saturday, buddy. Hopefully you get a safe trip and it comes back sound, first and foremost. And second of all, hopefully you get a little derby win for you there. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Again, Sugar McGay. Thank you, buddy. Well, thank you. You got it. So, uh, yeah, so he's 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 high on his horse, to say the least. That's, you know what? Go ahead. The one, th- the one thing about Suge is when you get these guys like uh, Suge and Charlie LaPresti or two that come to mind where they're not out there tooting the horn on the horses, they're not out there touting and saying we can't lose. And when when Shug's got a horse like Orb, and the guy is as modest as could be, and he, he he's coming off confident, or Charlie Lepresti, like before the, the Rico Woodbine Mile, is basically saying, uh, you know, why Zan just can't lose this race? I mean, that's when you know. So yeah, and everybody, Shug's one of those great personalities in racing. Where I mean, there's so many people rooting for him, and what I love about Shug and the Phipps is that, you know, they always put the uh, they always put the horse first, and there's. There's a, a lot of horses, and I, and I know you can come up with a long list in the last 10 years that have run in the Derby and had no business running. And on the opposite, you know the Phipps have had some nice three-year-olds over the years. Exactly. Easy goer. And for them to be as patient as possible and only wait until they have a, a horse like Orb to run, and that, that's, that's horse racing at its finest. And let's, and let's not forget, in the Florida Derby, which we know is a big race, obviously, that goes without saying, but he beat some big horses, and he came from, he came from off at a, at, a, at a modest pace. Yeah, which is which is pretty impressive, you know. And I have to admit, I've 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 forgotten about Orb, and then he won the Florida Derby. I forgot mm-hmm. about him again. And uh, like I said, I, I actually ran around the corner. I came around the corner on the backside by Shug's barn on Saturday morning, and I like to talk to these guys. Maybe my, maybe it's a selfish part of my equation here, but I, I like to talk to them when no one else is around, which is mm-hmm. kind of what you you get the opportunity to do that too. You know, yeah. but you're you're tactful about it. I've seen how you approach everybody, and you do the same kind of thing as I do. You know, you got to give them their space, but yet you want to try to get them sort of isolated so you don't have all them damn microphones and all that mm-hmm. stuff dumped in there. So, uh, but I I, I, popped, I popped around the corner and there he was, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to walk up to him, and and he was the that's the first time I had a formal interview with him, and he mm-hmm. couldn't have been any more cordial. And yeah, like you said, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, he's a very, very, very nice guy. He's not, he's not going to uh, blow the horn on the horse, but uh, when it comes to just uh, being a nice, genuine guy, that's Shug. Well, listen, buddy, i got to take a break. You stick with me here for a minute, and we'll come back, and we will talk. We'll get down to the bottom of this derby in Oaks, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get what your uh, picks are on that. Is that all right with you, bud? Uh, sounds good. All right, we'll be back here on 1450 and 1450 The Sports Buzz. This is The Big Nasty Show. Thumbs up, you. And I'm not flirting with you. I'm <laughs> sure. Okay, so from now on, so from now on, when when 
when DJ's on the mic, I'm thumbing up or thumbing down, to, and I'm thumbing up some Mumford & Sons. So, Caleb, you still with us, buddy? Dude, because Babel is one of my favorites. <laughs> Aren't they great, man? Yeah, I know, they really are. Oh, dude, the thumbs up. You know what's funny? I was just I was talking to DJ here. Uh, say hello to DJ Yates in the booth. He's making everything sound splendid, as always. DJ Yates, I'm liking the uh, tunes today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> DJ Yates is uh, my humble co-host slash engineer. Uh, uh, he got, he, we were talking about that. They, they actually played a show on the, the waterfront here in Louisville, the downtown waterfront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that with Dawes. Oh, it was ridiculous. And, of course, I wasn't there. I was slinging the hash somewhere. Uh, not not drug related, but at work is what I meant by that. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I have to clarify that. So anyway, uh, if you uh, you I know don't have any problems with money, and nor does DJ Yates or myself, because we're we're all independently wealthy here at the station. But if you do have any problems, I don't know if you know about this, but there's a national mortgage company. I don't know if they are out west. Uh, have you heard of Envoy Mortgage, buddy? I haven't. It's a it's a it's a national company that's actually local here. It's one of our proud sponsors. You can find them at uh, Envoy Mortgage seven three six one one six zero. Again seven three six one one six zero. If you want to refinance or or you want a uh, house loan for the first time or you want to lower debt, any of those things, Envoy Mortgage will take care of that for you. So again, I'm talking with uh, Caleb Keller from TVG. Uh, also has a pretty uh, gallant. Uh, golf swing too, as I found out the other day. Uh, usually, when I invite people to play golf with me, I figure I'm probably going to be the best, uh, one of the better golfers in the foursome. But uh, as indicated the other day, uh, this guy's no slouch. <laughs> so uh, that, that's been playing every day for about four years. Will do. Yeah, I tell you. So uh, you got a, you got a, you got an awkward, you sort of an awkward little hitch to your swing, which I was I was noticing as I as I watched it. But but it works for you, you know. And that's mm-hmm. what some of the best uh, Gary Player. Um, Lee Lee Watson, Lee Jansen, all the all of them have said, you know, find your swing, and that's yep, what it's all know, about. The one thing, the one thing that I uh, wish I could see golf in the '70s is that living in the Tiger Woods era, is that all the swings now are kind of out of a textbook. Whereas back in the day, you had Lee Trevino aiming 40 degrees left and just pushing it 40 degrees right every time, and it was dead straight. You had you know Tom. Raymond Floyd who laid the club wide open right off the takeaway. These are things that. Golf teachers would have nightmares about, and yet they're the best golfers of their generation. So, and Arnold Palmer, Palmer yeah. Palmer had a, an unorthodox swing as well. Only thing that matters is how that club face comes into contact with the ball. Well, the only thing that really matters is where the ball goes. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I've I've one of the things I was working on last night uh, before we get into this horse racing. I, I was I have a big problem with keeping my head still through the impact, and that's mm-hmm. whenever I start to do that, get a little lazy with that, everything goes south. Um, but yep. but last night I, I spent probably two hours of practice, which I don't do that very often. I usually get a little bored with practicing. Yeah. But uh, last night I put like two hours in, so you know I want to I want to impress Jesus Casanova when I play with him tomorrow. You know he wants to, yep. and hopefully in return he'll give me a horse in the long run. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I do. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's 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 talk what uh, let's talk cheddar here, buddy. Let's uh, we we've got before the Derby. Uh, a lot of people don't realize before the Oaks and before the Derby, there are some significant races leading up to that. And I just want to quickly touch on those. Not necessarily give our handicapping for those, but just kind of touch on some of the racing that's going to go on the undercard for the Oaks. There's the one hundred fifty thousand dollar Edgewood, which is for three year old fillies. Mm-hmm. We have the three hundred thousand dollar Grade Two La Torine La Torine. Mm-hmm. The American Turf, which is a really nice uh, horse uh, race this year, it's uh, that's the two hundred thousand dollar Grade Two. Uh, that's run. This is, these are all prior to the Oaks. Of course, the Oaks is run that day as the feature. So, let's talk Oaks. Um, 
you've been on the backside a few days. I've been on the backside a few days. Where is uh, Caleb Keller from TVG? Where are you siding with all this Oaks equation? Well, you know, in, you know, being in California, the big bet out in California is pick six. I mean, everybody loves to pick six. Everybody gets excited about the carryovers. But the pick six, um, you know, in Kentucky is just, it's just not really a, a big deal. It's so, an afterthought. Exactly. So the, really the only two days in Kentucky where you could ever get excited or jazzed up about the pick six is Oaks and Derby. So, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to take a swing with a, with a little ticket at least uh, in some of these. But I think that with the American turf, uh, you know, and also the three-year-old Philly race, the good thing about those is those races usually fill up. You know, those are going to be big competitive fields. Whereas on Derby Day, the Woodford Reserve, from just an absolute fan standpoint, the Woodford Reserve is going to be unbelievable, a point of entry in wise band. I mean, that is a great coin flip, rivalry, whatever you want to call it. But from a betting perspective, right before the Derby, it's going to be a short field, and you're probably either going to get four to five or six to five. So, Unwise Dan. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that, that, that's a race where, as a fan, I cannot wait to see who's going to get the best out of those two. But from a betting perspective, I think that some of the races on the uh, undercard for Oaks uh, really might round out for the, for the multi-race players out there that like to pick fours and pick sixes. I think that just based on them having a three-year-old turf race, those are going to get filled up, and that's going to probably make for a good sequence. Oh, there's going to be huge, huge value. There's going to be huge value in, in the in the Oaks, and that's that's exactly what why why I pointed out the races leading up to that because my play as as is going to be similar with with the Derby. Usually, the pick fours in that sequence will run. Uh, the Oaks and the Derby are usually going to be like the third leg of the pick four sequence. Yeah, I'm not sure where it all falls out. I haven't got my form yet for that as far as when they start the pick threes and pick fours. There's usually like two races after the Oaks and two races after the Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is usually the finishing leg of the pick three or the pick four mm-hmm. and pick and each of those. So that the point that you brought up is the races is for, in terms of a betting perspective leading up to the Oaks is really where I'm going to find my value. I'm going to I'm going to study those races the night before on that Thursday and find maybe in the the La Terrain or the American Turf race um, mm-hmm. try to find my single pot- potentially. Um, in one of those races, maybe the hor- maybe the field that's a little thinner. Um, try to get a try to get a good value play on my single, and then use you know as many as three or four horses in in the actual Oaks race. And then I always like to use three or four in my final leg. I just I never like to keep myself thin in those last race in the last finishing race. Mm-hmm. I hate to get to th- get that far along and have one or two horses. Yeah. You know, unless I've got somebody like when a wise Dan ran at Keeneland last, you know, something like that, you know, that's that's when I may do a single in the last leg, but you know, it's not going to happen here. So, um, so I'm going to look for a single then. Um, who? Let me ask you, who you? If you could give me three or four horses to look for um, in the Oaks, who would they be? You know, the one thing about the Oaks is it really is shaping up to be a good field, but. I don't know if the, uh, any of the listeners out there, the race handicappers, uh, get to play the thoroughgraph sheets uh, too often. You basically advance speed figures. And, you know, when you look in the racing form, you see a buyer, and obviously the higher the number, the better. But in thoroughgraphs, the lower the number, the better. So let's, let's put it like this. Coming into the Breeders' Cup Classic, Fort Larned for Ian Wilkes, the eventual champion, was coming off of basically a zero, or sometimes they can dip down into a negative or a negative one. So a zero or negative one. And those are obviously top-level numbers for, country, for horses in the country. The the biggest number I've ever seen uh, up until now, I think Wise Dan might have had a negative three one time, and maybe even Groupie Doll when she uh, put away the Humana Disc Staff on a really fast track, like 121 and change. I think she might have had a negative four. And, uh, yeah, I believe you're right about that. 
and the researcher at TVG sent out the uh, thoroughgraph numbers for the Oaks, and I didn't even know this was possible, but Dreaming of Julia and the Gulfstream Park Oaks ran a negative eight. Unthinkable. Uh, it really is. I mean, I, I literally didn't think that a horse was even... I mean, if I would have had a guess of, like, what Secretariat would have run on the thoroughgraph sheets in 1973 in the Belmont, I, I would maybe guess negative seven, negative eight. And that was I, the I do freakiest that, of all performances. And, and I do think that that number holds up, because if you look at Live Lively, that horse's numbers are three, four, and three. So, I mean, the horses run basically the same every time. And Dreamy and Julia just crushed the horse by 22. So And, and, and filed a, a, a negative eight. And, and filed a negative eight. So then, you know, I was talking with Mike Battaglia, obviously one of the uh, most well-respected uh, horse racing personalities. He's going to make the morning line. And he said, I showed him that number at Keelan. He said, well, you know, some of the thoroughgrass players might play against her because they think that she's going to bounce. And the fact of the matter is, she could bounce off that number and run it significantly lower and still win the race if you're just a numbers player. Right. So she, me, could, she, could run a, she could run a negative three or a negative four, which would still be a freakish move, and exactly. still win the race. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's a, I, I was a little disappointed with Pure Fun and the Lexington. I didn't, I didn't think that was a good spot for her, but I still wanted her to show a little bit more than she did because that was a horse I was looking forward to because I thought she'd like Churchill instead of a good trip as maybe a long shot. But I, I am getting to the point where, you know, part of me wants to, to go deep in there, but then I think ultimately it's going to prove that Dreamy and Julie is just too good for him. You think she just might be much the best? I think she might just be much the best. And, and you know, starting following her in the fall, I'm in love with her breeding. I mean, AP Indy on the top side and on the bottom side, Dream Rush, who oh, wow. was just an exceptionally fast horse for Rick Violet. And what I like in breeding, I think that if you can have, especially, especially route breeding, if you go a route sire, a horse that wants to run all day, with a route mare who wants to run all day, a lot of times that actually doesn't make for a good pedigree because they don't have any early speed and they really can't get involved early. Ah, when you have, interesting. But when, you have, when you have route on top, AP and D, and then you mix that with speed on bottom with Dream Rush, who would wire a grade one field going seven furlongs, that, that is a definition to me of a blue blood pedigree. And you, you think that might be the formula for success then, huh? Potential. I really do. Wow, that's interesting really perspective. Do. Again, I'm talking to Caleb Keller from TVG here. Uh, we're talking Oaks. Um, so, you, Dreaming of Julia's, you think about maybe single in this horse and build around gonna, it? Yep, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to get crafty in there and I'll, I'll look at him a little closer, but I think that's going to have to just be a single for me and sometimes you, you got to, you got to sometimes eat up the chalk wherever it is and like I said, you don't, as a, as a handicapper, you don't just want to blindly say, you know what, I'm, I'm never playing a favorite. Because then you're going to play against a lot of good horses. So I think that as a handicapper, you have to, there, there's kind of a sense of, and handicappers, I know, I'm, a, I'm one of them myself. They don't want to be that guy taking the favorite. Right. But then there's some point where it's like, if the horse is too good, then the horse is too good. And right. you don't you want to waste the money. Him. Exactly. And I, I, I struggle with that. Every every day I go to the races, I struggle with that exact scenario because I, I want to beat the favorite, obviously, for the value involved. But sometimes you just have to take your lumps and say, okay, this is the best horse in the race. You yep. know, he and, may only be four to five, but yep. build a ticket around it and, and, and take your lumps and hopefully you'll yep. get a price in one of the other legs. Well, and, and a, good, a good point would be, you know, if you, if you do come up with a single and, and the last... Uh, I said uh, this year I was thinking about voting for Royal Delta for president because the last two years I just singled her in the pick four and then in the Breeders' Cup and then just got, you know, you single a horse and you go on a 50 cent play. Well, then you got all kinds of options to spread in those first three. Absolutely. And then if you can just get any price, well, then all you have to do is connect the dots. You, you know, like Perfect Trill is a good example. All you need is a six know. to one. And exactly. That many horses and that, that much talent, especially on a day like Oaks or Derby Day, you know, you, all you need is a six to one and any four of those legs and you're going to get a return. Yeah, so, 
You know, and I saw I saw Dreaming of Julia out there uh, on the track galloping. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm a, uh, an expert on looking at the horses in the flesh, but I mean, you just look at the animal and you see how she's built physically, just and uh, she she's she might be an exceptional animal. And and you know, I wouldn't put it past them. Let's say if she wins, impressive. I think that this could be an interesting triple crown because I wouldn't be surprised if Dreaming of Julia, if she runs huge, might go on the Preakness to the Belmont and and Kate Blanco. For Grand Motion and Team Valor, just sitting there waiting for him at the Belmont, and that horse is bred to run five miles. So this is going to be a Philly, an exceptional, a, exceptional a, I like triple it. crown. I like it. A Philly, a Philly with with the, with the potential to uh, run in the other two triple crown races. Interesting, very interesting. So why would you not? That, that's another question. If the horse, if the Philly is that good, why not run her in the Derby? Well, and you know, uh, one year my buddy said that he, yeah, Devil May Care was was one of the worst eleven to one shots. And I know the horse didn't run well, but I could have disagreed more because when you look at when the Phillies run against the boys, like a Rags to Richters or, uh, you know, the ill-fated Eight Bells or Rachel Alexandra, they're in there for a reason and they can run with them. Right. Well, Winning Colors is the the last one to make real serious noise. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Was there any after uh, Rags to Riches, I guess, is a more recent one, but she... She didn't win the Derby. She won the Belmont, correct? Yeah, Belmont. Yeah. Yep. So, um, well, here's the thing. I, I'm pretty much with you on that. I have actually not had the opportunity to see Dreaming of Julia in the flesh. I'm going out some combination of the next couple of days uh, on the backside to get my last looks and, and finalize my last. I'm going to, like I said, I want to find out what the post draws are for the races leading up to that to sort of mm-hmm. revolve that around it, too. But there's two other horses in here that if Dreaming of Julia gets beat, that I, that I really, really like. Uh, Unlimited budget, which is another Pletcher Philly, and that Rose to Gold, which mm-hmm. uh, Calvin Burrell is going to be up on. Yep. And uh, Rose to Gold, the running style with Calvin Burrell, I think there might be a might be a shot if Dreaming of Julie does bounce a little bit. Maybe she bounces down around that 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 negative one or negative two, not quite as. And then Rose to Gold gets the the perfect trip. You know, there's a chance, but uh, you I, know what I think. Rose the Gold has been a horse that has been uh, a buzz horse on the backside. I know a lot of the clockers have liked the way that she's moved, and I can tell you that, you know, I'm crossing my fingers for uh, some for some nice weather, but if it does come down and the track turns up sloppy, I think that only increases the chance of the Rose the Gold, especially with Calvin gluing these horses to the rail. Oh, yeah. You're, you bring up an excellent point here, Caleb. Excellent point. If the track does come off, off come up off, uh, and he's at, and Rose to Gold goes off anywhere around five or five to one, ten to one or more. Then that's that's going to be merit some serious consideration. So, mm-hmm. you um, know, and I've got I've got a theory, and I don't know if it's uh, if it's correct or if it's just a conspiracy or whatever you want to make of it. But I do think that when they bring that tractor out to to till up the dirt, okay, mm-hmm. you know, the rail comes up a little bit over uh, the dirt strip, and I think that there might be a one or two foot area directly on the rail where the tire presses that dirt down and the tiller can't get to it. And, you know, I've run on the beach before where when you're running in the, in the deep sand, it's like quicksand. You're climbing. It's so tiring. But then if you move up and you go over a four-wheeler mark, it's like running on concrete. And I think that... Wow, that's another interesting I, yeah, perspective. I, tell I think you. that, you know, they say, they say, okay, the horse is on the rail. But Calvin Burrell is the only one that actually puts the horse on the rail. With the left side, literally, the fur is touching the white paint. And I think that when he puts a horse on there, and that's why he's so good at Churchill, it's like running on concrete down there. Exactly, exactly. So, well, let's uh, let's let's. So we we 
like we said, we'll, we'll see how the weather turns out and, and the last couple of days on the backside. That's an interesting point you pull up. And, and you know, I've noticed that before. Um, and I noticed it at Tampa Bay the first time I really noticed that. Because if you've ever been to Tampa Bay, you notice how Tampa Bay sort of, from the spectator's perspective towards the infield, it sort of slants the, the, like, a, like a NASCAR track, kind mm-hmm. of. Have you ever noticed that? I haven't. At Tampa Bay, it's, it's a slight degrade. Uh, it's probably a foot or two higher on the fan side as it gets down to the rail. It gets a little lower. And I think that's part of the reason, with in conjunction with what you just said, how that speed sends a favor at Tampa. Uh, that, that's another factor in that equation. So. Let's uh, let's let's get into Derby here, buddy, and then I'll let you get a let, let you get on with your uh, afternoon mm-hmm. and your relaxation. So, um, yeah. Derby's shaping up to be a very interesting race this year. We we already talked about Orb. Um, give me a couple other horses that you're that you're feeling uh, have a real legitimate shot at, at getting this done, and then I'll give you a couple of mine, and then we'll we'll wrap it up mm-hmm. here. Well, I think that at the end of the year, Orb Orb will prove it to be the best three year old in the crop. I, I do I really strongly feel that he's the best, but. It's the Derby, and as we all know, not only not the best source doesn't always win. And I'll tell you, there's so many of my theories that I have, whether they're right or wrong, but they all lead to Java's War, and that's why I'm going. It's going to be a big win bet, and it's going to be singles on all my multi-race tickets to Java's War. I just think that. Wow! Wow! That. Caleb Keller, that. you uh, you heard it here first. Caleb Keller is dropping the bomb on Java's War. Interesting. Interesting. I just, there's, there's so many there's so many theories that I've that I've gotten um, over the years that Java's War just fit that profile, and the first one is the fact that people that there's a turf on the bottom side and people don't think that he's going to be as good on dirt, but John Asher has got that great theory that with the clay composite that they have of the dirt track there at Churchill, it really helps the horses that are bred to run on turf. You look at Barbaro, you look at Big Brown. Look at Animal Kingdom. Even other horses that didn't win, like Patio Prado and Bellahan, uh, yeah, yeah, that ran, gotcha. ran, ran gigantic with turf, with turf pedigree, I think it sets up well for him. And another thing, too, is that in his workout, you know, everybody said, you know, he looks great galloping. And I saw him galloping, and he does look really good. But then he was in a five-furlong team drill, and uh, and he got beat by Frack Daddy about a half length and said he didn't have a gallop out. And you, didn't, then, you weren't concerned about that? Because that's what I was going to bring up. No, not at all. And, and, and I'll tell you why. is because, first of all, you know, the horse walks out of the gate and he's a thousand lengths back early on, so there's no reason to think that he would be impressive in a five-furlong team drill. And even over the summer, you know, we were out at Del Mar one day, and there was a horse that uh, the clocker report had him working a C-plus for Julio Canani, first-time starter, and then it wins going a mile and 16th. And I told Simon, I think it was by Giants Causeway, I said, how can that horse be working C-pluses and come out here and win a maiden special weight around two turns first time? And Simon said, you know, some of these turf horses, they're just not good workhorses in the morning. You know, it's just that that's Precisely. not what they do. Yeah, so, yeah, right. I, I, right. well, that doesn't affect me, I guess. Okay, well, listen, let me give you a little – I'm going to let you listen to this uh, sound file first, and uh, this is this is Chad Brown. It'll give you a hint of who I like in the Derby. Okay. Big Nasty Show on Yahoo Sports Radio. I'm out here talking to Chad Brown. He saddles Normandy Invasion next Saturday. Um, you took him out this morning, Chad. How do you feel about how he looked this morning on the track? I thought it looked great. He had a good workout, and uh, all the serious work is done, so now we're just waiting for the derby. Basically, just trying to keep him where he's at fitness-wise at this point in the game, right? Yeah, it was a maintenance work this morning, and I'll have a routine uh, training week from here to the derby, just routine gallops and easy stuff until we run. Just kind of keep his legs loose, try to keep him out of trouble, make sure he doesn't get hurt. That's the general. Yeah, happy, healthy, just maintain where we're at. We like where we're at right now, of course. 
Um, last last time out, he was up up in New York at the Wood Memorial. Uh, by Jack and uh, another good horse in that race that he just who's coming late, and that's on that surface, which I think translates well to the Derby. So it looks like he might be in a real good spot here. I, I think so, and the added distance a mile and a quarter of the Derby should suit him well. That's what I'm thinking. So, well, good luck to you the next weekend, and uh, hopefully everything gets safe and sound to that point, and uh, you get yourself a big one here. So. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, Chad. You got it. Yeah. So uh, that was another case where I walked around the corner, and Chad was just standing there, and he let me go back, and I actually got to touch Normandy Invasion. I got to breathe in that sort of, you know, everybody's got angles. And, uh, yeah. And I just kind of, the, the horse just kind of looked at me. And I've liked this horse all along, and I, he kind of he kind of just gave me that look, and and that's who I'm going with. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use multiple horses in the in the multiple race equation in the pick four and pick five, but I'm gonna put some win money on Normandy Invasion because I think I'll get a still get a decent price on him. I think he was the buzz horse for a bit, but uh, I think I'll get a decent price. And Caleb Keller, you're going with Java's Wars if you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see. I'm just trying to. Count down the hours. I'm just ready, ready for Friday to be here and get I, going. I hear you, buddy. Well, I will be. Uh, will I'll run into you. Like I said, if you uh, want to play some golf, just let me know. I'll, I'll text you later on, and uh, we'll we'll figure that out. And I want to thank you for calling in here and giving me some of your insight. I've got to get to a break before uh, they cut me out of here and throw me off the off the set. So, uh, thanks for calling in, uh, Caleb. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, bud. Yep. Thanks, man. I'll uh, see you. All right, buddy. Uh, we're going to take a, cor- a quick break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. This is The Big Nasty Show. Enter land Will you forgive And I won't forget We're almost done with Monday, folks. You're almost done. In a few hours, you can start your week. If you're living in Kentucky, especially in Louisville, you realize that this week is pretty much an off week for everybody because it's Derby Week. So I wanted to recap a few things here quick. I wanted to thank my guests, Garrett Wall, the SID, Sports Information Director at Louisville Cardinal Baseball, for calling in today. I also had Caleb Keller from TVG talk with me a little bit about his Derby picks. Uh, Just to recap that, he loves Dreaming of Julia. It's tough not to. Uh, I like the horse as well. And I'm also going to give you Rose to Gold and Calvin Burrell as my second choice for the Oaks. In the Derby, we're going to recap that. He's going to use a bunch of horses in the Derby, and I'm sticking with the horse that I've been with all along, and that is Chad Brown and Normandy Invasion. I also like Orb in the race. I think those are the two horses to, to, to focus in on and build your tickets around. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day. Hopefully the rain will hold off, but if it doesn't, so be it. So um, the Reds, uh, local team, Reds are in uh, St. Louis this weekend. They're going to be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for a three-game series, and then they move over to Chicago to Wrigley. For three games, the Reds are wheeling right now. They're not playing very well, but hopefully they'll turn it around in those series. <coughs> we have <coughs> we have a lot going on in this city this week. You've got all sorts of things going on, derby-affiliated stuff. You can go downtown. There's, there's performances. There's entertainment. There's, uh, there's just about everything that you could imagine. Uh, remember, you can find uh, my show, The Big Nasty Show, on Facebook and Twitter. 
or you can email me or Gmail me at BigNastyShow13 at gmail.com. Uh, we have amazing sponsorship opportunities for your local business. You can get your get you on radio here and get you some notification notoriety for real inexpensive. Uh, just send me an email, BigNastyShow13 at gmail.com. Remember to have your little hooligans spayed and neutered. Most importantly at all times, I want you to remember to keep it sexy. Because if you're not keeping it sexy, what's the point? What's the point of not? If you're not keeping it sexy, David, what's the point, right? That's what I'm there, saying. There really is no point. There is no point. If you're not keeping it sexy, we had whatever that music was we just had bringing back from the, what was that? It's Fat Joe and R. Kelly. I love it. Fat Joe and R. Kelly. Remember, if you're driving around in your car in Kentuckyana, just turn your radio to 1450. If it's not this show, the Big Nasty Show, it's any of these great shows. we got another great show coming up for you just here next. It's the Afternoon Drive with Trevor Kelsey and Perrin Johnson. I want you to have a great and safe week, kids. And remember, it's Oaks and Derby, so be safe. Pick the right numbers, and I'm off this week. We're going to take a break from Friday because I'm going to be out at the Oaks trying to make some money. We'll be back at you Monday with an Oaks and Derby wrap-up like no other. Have a nice afternoon and the rest of your week. From the 1450 Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com, this is the Big Nasty Show. Grandmommy, you're coolin'. It's your birthday, show me what I'm foolin' with. Like, no doubt, poke it all out. Pull your G-string down south. Ow. Pass that, give shorty a shot. Soon enough, we gon' see if she naughty or not. I'm on E, feelin' ready and hot. I get him 20 or